0: Right.
1: Good morning, everybody. How we doing this morning? Well, hey, that was not super believable. I'm gonna, you, I believe in second chances because we serve a God of second chances, and so grace and forgiveness. I'm gonna try that one more time. How are we doing this morning? Yes! Come on, somebody! It is a good day to be in the house of the Lord. We're going to have a fantastic time worshiping the Lord together today. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together, and we are going to start our service by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America, because we do believe that America is coming to Jesus. Amen? Because we shall have whatsoever we say, according to Mark eleven 24. Let's do this together. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord some praise this morning. Yes. Now, uh, as we said, we've kind of paused our meet and greet for now, and and I keep offering, no one's taking me up on it. If you're here and you need a hug, you just come see me, and I'll give you one. But for now, the mass hugging, we just kind of put on pause, all right? So with that being said, you may be seated. All right, very good.
2: (laughs) Praise the Lord. Okay, so while I'm thinking about it, and forgive me for doing it, like, out of the schedule, Julie Kilpatrick is where? Oh, she just left. Okay, so we'll wait till later. Someone will remind me. She's having a baby tonight. Yes. So we'll pray for her together. it would be great. Praise the Lord. We love babies around here. Um, Okay, so if you did not receive your giving letter for this year, I need you to stop at the info booth and give us your name and email. If I did not have your email, then I mailed it to you. But we have had an odd glitch that we need to figure out some of the families got their kids' letters, but not the parents' letter. So if you have had that happen or you just haven't gotten it yet, please stop by the info booth and give us your name and email, and we'll make sure that you get that Monday. Okay, so we'll get it to you quick. And if you need a hard copy, just write that down, and I'll make sure you get a hard copy as well um friday is married are you excited it's gonna be wonderful it's italian night so you make sure that you grab something italian make something italian and bring it to share and there's a sign up sheet if you would like to come Childcare is available so there's no excuse unless i guess you're working but still there's no excuse um, so come to Mary's and you'll get to enjoy that. It'll be a good time to fellowship. And uh, Pastor Josh and Julie do an awesome, awesome job. It will be a great night and you'll get ministered to as well. Then Saturday morning, men. Saturday morning is men's at 9 a.m. I know. All three of you and your two yeses. Come on. Men's is wonderful and there's always breakfast there. Uh, Chuck, wave at us, Chuck. Chuck Coleman is teaching and he does a wonderful job. And apparently, you're not getting donuts this time. Robert's cooking. Do we know what we're cooking, Robert? What are we cooking? Ooh, okay. Ham and cheese. Ham and cheese. I always make fun of y'all's biscuits and gravy because it's really breadsticks and gravy. And the gravy is out of a can. I got problems with that, okay? I made some awesome biscuits and gravy yesterday. But ham and cheese is good.
1: Did you just say we're going to have gravy, ham, and cheese all in one place? If you're not there Saturday, you are messed up. You need Jesus, okay? Jesus loves gravy.
2: Okay, not going to lie. You know, Jesus was a Hebrew, okay? I don't think he ate any pig. Not any pig. But you know, what's clean has been made clean, okay? So you just pray over it and you enjoy all that ham and sausage. I had a whole lot of sausage yesterday. Don't judge me. Okay, anyway, let's get back on point. Um, If you are interested in getting more involved, we've talked a whole lot lately about stepping it up and getting involved here. And praise God, Children's is fully supplied. We've got all kinds of teachers. We redid some teams. So people will enjoy serving, and it's great. But not everybody fits into the children's hole, you know, like what part of the body you are. I was talking to someone the other day, and I said, well, where do you want to serve? And they said, oh, well, wherever the church needs me. Well, okay, listen, the church is always going to need you somewhere. And that's a great attitude to have, to fill a need. But where is your heart at? Where has God called you to be at? So I asked them, well, are you a pancreas or are you a big toe? What part are you? And so they looked at me crazy. But some of us are behind the scenes and we do things like maintenance or we do landscaping and grounds or logistics of, you know, moving equipment and things or Uh, Media, different stuff like that. So in February, we are starting back up servant leadership. So if you would like to know more about the the behind-the-scenes stuff at church or you would like to be more involved with that, we would love for you to. So we're going to do the third Thursday of each month. So starting in February, that will be February 17th at 630 in Victory Hall. So February 17th at 630 in Victory Hall, we're going to all get together and have a meeting, because meetings are important around here. We'll have a great time, though, Um, and we'll talk about some behind-the-scenes stuff that's going on at church, and you can get involved if you would like to. Also, the Seventh-day Slumber concert is coming February 19th, yes, at 6 p.m. at the Barstow College Performing Arts Center, and the website is down there. So I'm not even going to repeat that website. But you go ahead and go there to get your tickets. At the pack, at the college, you have to have a ticket. You can't just waltz in, okay? So make sure that you reserve your ticket online. They are free. It won't cost you anything, but you do have to reserve it. Okay, that's it. All right? If you are with us for the first time or the first time in a long time, wave at me. Wave at me. Okay. Heather, in the pink jacket... It's going to serve you. She has a gift for you and some information about our church. We are so glad to have you with us today. Praise the Lord. Uh, You also in there will have a card with some information on it. And if you fill that out for us, we would love to thank you for being here um, and give you more information if you would like it. Praise the Lord. Thank you for being with us today. Also, we have the biggest membership class that we've ever had so praise the lord and i would call all of these names but we'll do that shortly so if you were part of the last membership class just start heading this way okay so that's kids adults all of y'all just line on up just line on up tons of y'all you want to stand with them and here's the rest of them come huh and cheyenne's coming right okay He's coming! Oh, Jesse's almost coming. Okay, we'll start at that end then. Okay. Dan and Stacy are coming. Okay, we're going to have to find those. Do you want to...
1: Okay, here we go. So, we have uh, James Browning Jr., all right, yeah. <laughs> Titus Alva, let's make him feel welcome, yeah. Rylan Mata. Yeah. Athena Alva. I don't who are you? That's my daughter. It's my Eliana Samples, all right. (laughs) Amen. Alright. And so these little ones have they've grown up in the church, but they're of the age now that hey, they wanted to become members, and so they are officially members, even though they've been here their whole lives. We got Lena Tackett, all right? Yeah. All right, Summer Crank. Yes. Chris Craig, amen. Is it Chris or Christopher? Chris, all right, very good. Chris, all right. Keep coming down the line here. We've got Mario Romero, yes. Amen. And he told me one of the one of the biggest accomplishments of his life, amen. And so he is a member of the church now, I love it. April Wright, April Wright, yes. Okay, then we've got Joey Burcham. And her brother also went through class. I don't see him at the moment, but he's serving in children's church today. So, uh, but we'll just go ahead and hear it first. Seth Burcham, amen. He's one of us now. All right. We've got Stacy Parks. Yes. And Dan Parks. Hallelujah. Cheyenne Johns. And then her husband Jesse's around here somewhere. I think he's getting a kid or something. So anyway, but oh, come on up Jesse. Come on up. Yeah. Let's hear it for Jesse. We can do better than that. Come on. <laughs> and then Joanna, come on up sister. Yeah, we celebrate around here. We celebrate big. And so we've got Joanna also. Yes. All right. Okay. I don't know if I can get a picture of this group here, but, uh, we'll, we'll do it. Hey Sabrina, you want to take a picture for us? You're good at pictures. All right. So Sabrina's going to take a picture for us real quick, and then we'll let you guys all be seated. I don't know if you can get everybody or not, but uh, praise the Lord. Isn't this great to have new members to have? Wait, I picked the shortest person here. Why did I do that? <laughs> I'm sorry. You got this. You got this. All right. She's got the heels. All right. So let's see what we can do here. Squish in. Don't be your family now. Your family. There we go. We can do this. Family. Yes. All right. And Jesse, let's have you scoot in. There we go. There we go. All right. Let's do it there. Yes. Yes. All right. Boom. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's hear it for our new family this morning. Yes. And now the kids, you can go to children's church. You can go to your class now. Amen. Praise God. That does my heart good to see uh, to see the church growing and see all these wonderful new faces. We are blessed, blessed, blessed. Amen. All right. Well, who knows what time it is now? Yeah, it's happy time. And you're like, well, what's happy time? Well, the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. And so we said, hey, we're going to be cheerful givers if that's what God loves. So it is happy time. Amen.
0: I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, uh, God's team is increasing, amen, we're going to do some serious damage to Satan's kingdom and keep on breaking people into God, amen, well look if you're happy to open up your tithes with your offerings, and uh, I've got confession to make, I've tested positive for faith, <laughs> amen, amen, and so don't stay away from me, stay around me. Amen. Get close to me because I'll rub off on you. I'll just keep on preaching and teaching. And, you know, I just want to say something. Open up, open up your Bibles Mark 11 while I'm talking. Mark 11. But uh, the primary ingredients of faith that the Bible teaches, well, number one, you know, it says without faith it's impossible to please God. Amen. Hebrews 11, 6 says it's impossible to please Him without faith. So, in other words, it must be very possible to please God if you have faith. And then, of course, the primary grace of faith is, number one, comes by hearing. You hear the Word of God. Well, that's, that's the first thing. take a little test there. You see that little thing start to change colors. starts to change red for red hot. And first thing is, if you listen to the Word of God, you're set up to test positive. And then, number two, we're going to look at this in Mark 11. You watch what you say because you speak your faith. And so then that little little bubble starts to change more and more red, getting hotter. And then James 1.22 says, be doers of the Word. So when you act on the Word of God, your faith is getting red hot. And so I myself, I consistently sit under the teaching of the Word. I study the Word at home. I do everything I can to speak what the Word says about everything I face in life. And then the Bible says to do it. I do my best to do it. I obey it. And so I've tested positive. How about you? Do we have any more positives in here? <laughs> Amen. Well, if you're not, just stick around and you can get hot. But for tithes and offerings, uh, the Bible also says that uh, our faith needs to be mixed with the Word. Amen. you got, you got to mix faith with everything you do. So if you're a tither, if you're a giver... And you want to get maximum results of what God says belongs to you, then make sure you mix faith with your giving. And so Mark chapter 11, verse 22 and 23, I want to read these because these are key ingredients. Every part of the Word is important, and there's no magic formulas. There's just principles. The more we grow in the Lord, the more we learn to operate by the principles of God's Word. This is a big one. Verse 22 says that Jesus answered and saith unto them, Have faith in the United States government to keep on giving you handouts. Have faith that your job's always going to be there. So, have faith in who? In God. That's the number one thing. The times we live in especially, you better shift your focus to make sure they're on Him number one. And who's doing the talking here? It's Jesus. He said, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever... Shall say, I circled the word whosoever and I circled the word say because Jesus told us how our faith in God works or how the faith of God in us works. And for whosoever, whosoever, I wrote beside that, this means me. This means me. He was talking to the 12 right then. And if this was just for them, and then when they died and passed away, they would have said, I'm telling you something, you 12 apostles. I'm going to tell you something that's a secret will work for you but nobody else in the whole world. No, he's played a Bible principle, these 12 apostles, and that's why he said, whosoever. He didn't say, Peter, James, and John, you guys are special, ones. you could be like me, and this will work for you but nobody else. And so that's why it's so important to be able to make the Bible personal for yourselves. I wrote whosoever there, I said, this means me, and then I wrote beside that, Jesus is talking about me right here. Because I'm whosoever. And you know, I want to throw something else out there. You know, it's really popular in the days, times we live in, on the news, on the internet, social media, to say, well, everybody's saying, everybody's going to get it. This You know what? I'm not everybody. I'm whosoever. Amen. Amen. I am whosoever. I'm the one Jesus talked about. Everybody else may go down. Everybody else may get messed up, but I'm a whosoever. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain. I'll tell you what, this mountain here is symbolic in the times we live in of every evil thing going on. There's a lot of mountains all over this world. I've talked about problems, crisis, and the COVID, the inflation, and everything else. What difference does it make if gasoline goes up to $10 a gallon, if we're tithers, if we're walking in faith, whatever it takes. Will pay it, Amen. And you know, you think about, you think about that uh, that 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 Israel in Egypt was a type of the Church of the World today. That they needed water, and God just told Moses hit the rock. You know what? God still knows where the water's at. He knows where the gas is at. He knows where everything you need's at. So whosoever shall say to this mountain, "Be thou removed," be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, and shall not doubt in his heart, and shall not doubt in his heart. I'll tell you what, it's nearly impossible in this world today not to have doubt, no matter how strong you you are, to hit your head. When I got bored again, my heart got bored again. My heart got changed. I've still got the same head I had before I knew Jesus. But Romans chapter 12 says I'm supposed to renew my mind not to think like the world thinks. The world thinks lack. The world thinks sick. The world thinks fear. The world thinks broke. The world thinks torment. The world thinks everybody's after me, nobody's for me. That's not what the Bible says. And so when I pray, especially in times of crisis, I shut my head off. I shut my eyes. And I start praying to my Father, receives in secret. He warns me openly. When I pray, I have to close my eyes because my head is hit sometimes with all the problems. I say, Jesus, right now my head's been hit, and you know that. But in my heart, Lord, look at my heart. I'm not doubting in my heart, Lord. This looks absolutely impossible, like it could never work. But, Jesus, you said, I doubt not in my heart. Lord, you see my heart. I'm not doubting. And so when I pray like that and I do things, then i tell you what, my spirit, man, rises up big. Amen. The light of the tribe of Judah begins to speak through me, and mountains are removed. Amen. Shall not doubt in his heart, but look at this, but shall believe that those things which he saith. And I circled the saith. He didn't say shall believe those things which he thinketh, those things which he hopeth, those things which he saith, your mouth has everything to do. If whether you'll receive all God has for you if you're going to barely get along. And so with your tithing, put a zip on the lip. Amen. Put some tape on the mouth if you have to and you control what you say. It says, so you believe those things he saith shall cut to pass. He shall have what? Whatsoever he saith. And I circle saith again. Because those words are key. As so for your faith to be effective, if you're a tither, and we all know the benefits of tithing, Malachi chapter three, God rebukes the devourer. Whether the witness have an open point of the blessing on our life there, but God says you have to have your mouth hooked up with your heart. And so make sure, no matter what goes on, no matter what you're facing, life the times we live. And I'll tell you what, I don't know when this economy is going to turn around. But I know the kingdom of God hasn't changed. The kingdom of God doesn't change. The kingdom of God changes things. Amen. So we put the kingdom first, and the things are added, not subtracted. And so as we make our financial faith confession, just recognize this is not some ritual we do in our church. This is us hooked up with the principles of God's words we say these things. And then during the course of the week, with the mountains try to crash down on you financially the other way, you say, wait a minute, whoa. Lord, I don't doubt my heart, but I believe in the name of Jesus. We got more than enough. I believe in Jesus' name. There's abundance on us, Lord. I know that you change not, and I'm in you, and so I'm not going to change, but your faith in me coming out of my mouth is going to change things around me. Amen? Amen. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. <laughs> All right, let's stand up, and make our financial faith confession. And as we break our tithes and offerings up to the the altar, just remember when you come up here, you're not giving to a church. You're presenting this to Jesus, and we're his clearinghouse for it. Amen. And when you do, thank him for what he's done. And if you're looking at some mountains, thank him as you present your tithe that those mountains are removed in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's say this together. As we break the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs. Or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for all my financial needs, so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, give history to the kingdom of God promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
3: Okay, please join us at the altar. Let's praise and worship the Lord together today. Let's worship worship him with our tithes and our offerings. Hallelujah. And in the spirit of the Lord, there is freedom. No!
4: gathered in his name he's right here in the midst of us and there's definitely more than two or more of us today so let's just as we sing this next song let's keep that scripture on our hearts and our minds you are here moving in our midst I worship you worship you. You are here, working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. Let's sing that again. You guys sing it. You are here. Here you are here working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. He's the way maker, let's sing that. Touching every around. Is who you are. You are.
1: You know, as as we're worshiping the Lord this morning, I'm just thinking of something that Jesus said when he prayed. He said, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I'm like, well, hey, what's heaven like? There's a lot of things that heaven's like. But in Revelation chapter 7, it tells us that around the throne of God, the angels and the elders, they bow and they worship at the presence of God. They bow at the throne of God. They kneel. And they worship the Lamb forever and ever. And I was reading Revelation chapter 7 just now in verse 15. It says, that's why they stand in front of God's throne and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on the throne will give them shelter. Check it out. They will never again be hungry or thirsty. They will never be scorched by the heat of the sun. For the Lamb on the throne will be their shepherd. Is He your shepherd today? Amen. as we worship the lord as we kneel at his throne in his presence you'll never be hungry you'll never have to thirst again he said i am the bread of life he said i am living water he is everything that we need today and we'll never be thirsty again if we drink from the well of life and one of the most beautiful promises of revelation and I love it in chapter 20. It also says that he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There's no more sorrow. There's no sadness or crying or pain. Death has lost its victory over the born-again Christian. Amen. And so as we worship him and as we look forward to heaven, every tear is gone. Every pain is gone forever. And so, Josh, you could just sing it one more time here, I think, and that wouldn't hurt anybody at all. Come on. Let's sing this together.
4: Uh, you are uh waymaker, a miracle where promise you a light in the darkness, my God that is who you are you are the waymaker
1: Raise our hands together this morning. Jesus, we raise our hands as a sign of surrender, God. We're saying, hey, I give up. I don't have all the answers, but I know that you do. And Lord, I know you're trying to get a hold of our hearts today. You're trying to speak directly into our lives. You said that he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. And Lord, I know that your Spirit is speaking today. And I pray that we would have ears to hear, hearts to receive it in Jesus' name, and that we would never be the same after today, Lord. We don't want to stay how we are. We want to be better for you in the name of jesus and so we surrender and say you caught me have your way lord we are yours today in the name of jesus christ of nazareth can somebody say amen today amen (laughs) hallelujah it's good to be in the house of the lord praise god amen well you can make your way to your seats this morning praise god isn't it good to sing his praises together amen Uh, The presence of God, there's nothing in this world like his presence, like his anointing. It'll change lives. Isaiah said it removes burdens. It destroys yokes upon our life. And if you've got burdens, you need to be in the presence of God right now. Because you don't know what to do with them anyway. But he does. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well... We're going to get into the Word of God today, and uh, what we've been doing for the whole month of January is we've been teaching a series called "As for Me and My House," and we'll, it, we'll look at it in a second out of Joshua twenty-four fifteen. But that is our theme verse for the church for the year. And every year uh, we pray and ask the Lord, "What direction do we need for this year? What's the main theme?" And God will give us a theme for the year. Now. This year is special because of this, is that this focus on families isn't only for 2022. This is our broad, uh, future and vision. And if, just to catch you up a little bit in, in case maybe you haven't been here or, or I haven't painted the picture clearly enough yet, because hey, that happens sometimes. Uh, each church has a specific calling and and target that that they're called to that God needs them to fulfill and this has really stirred on my heart over over the last six months and I guess just to uh, rewind a little bit and review you know one of my good friends which was another awesome pastor in Barstow just one of the best men I've ever known he retired and I'm like oh man he's retired you know he filled such a unique niche in our community I'm like well man who's gonna replace him and then you know and different stuff like like that, and then God just really reminded me of, hey, that was his. That he was so good at that area because that's what he was specifically called to, and his church does so great with it. And then I think of some of my other pastor friends in Barstow, and I got to say that I love the pastors of Barstow, and and you know we remind you of this that that uh, we don't compete with anybody. We're here to complete each other's work amen and so there's so many wonderful awesome churches and and there's on my heart is just for every bible preaching church in barstow to succeed i'm on their side and they're wonderful and and each church really has a a specialty you know some guys are great with the homeless and we believe in that cause and we support it but out here on the edge of town on soap mine road it's not really the best place for a, a food pantry and a homeless shelter so what do we do We cut a check every month and send it to one of the other churches, and we support them big time financially. And one of the other churches is great with the addicted population, and and we will do our best with that also, but they're really good at it. They're probably better than us at it. So what do we do? Hey, we send them money. We support what they're doing, and we pray for them. Amen? And so I know this much, though, that our specific calling at High Desert Word Center is specifically to families. What do we want to do? We want to see marriages restored. We want to see mom and dad get along, love each other, and raise children in the ways of God. We want to see children learn the Bible. We want to see grandparents know how to be involved in the kid, their grandchildren's lives. We want to change our community through changing the families, and that is our big goal. We want anybody and everybody. And so if you're like, well, I'm single. Hey, if you don't have a family, we want to become your family. Amen. And so that's what it's all about. And, uh, and go ahead and start turning to Joshua 24 and we're going to look at verse 15. But if you didn't get a sermon, uh, outline and you'd like one, the ushers will give you one. in fact, because I like you so much and you're so good looking today, they're free today. They're free. Amen. Yeah. Now, normally they're free, but today they're free 99. They are really free today. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed, and those papers are free. So if you want one, get one, and if you don't want one, then, you know, don't take one. That's fine, too. Hey, we're not going to judge you either way. Um, but our, our big goal and our big vision is, is to reach families and, and to change the community that way. And, you know, there's other things amongst it also, but I know this much that, if I'm aiming at a 100 different targets and, and, and I just barely accomplish, you know, 10% of 100 different things, well, you know, hey, okay. But if I 110% nail the thing that I'm aiming at, I'd rather be awesome at one specific thing that I'm focused at than mediocre at a 100 different things. You know what I'm saying? And so I don't want to be mediocre. I don't want our church to be mediocre. I want to be the best that Jesus has called us to be. And I want to see families healthy. I want to see families love each other and and, and and get along with each other and teach their kids the Bible. Because I'm going to, well, let's just get into the verse here. Joshua 24, verse 15 of the New King James. It says, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Pause. And so as we re- said in our first part of the whole series, listen. It seems evil to the world around us to serve the Lord today, right? And in fact, Isaiah put it this way. He was talking about in those days, in those evil days, what seems evil, the world is going to call good. And what seems good, the world is going to call evil. And so there's things that our Bible tells us today. If I simply share a Bible verse with some people, like that's evil. You're a hater you're a bigot. You're a, I mean, I got a whole list of names. I've been called. I need to write that down again, but you know, you're a closed minded and any pants, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, wow, all I did was share a Bible verse and said, Hey, there's one way to heaven. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. I'm narrow minded about that. There's one way to heaven and you can't convince me otherwise. And thank God I found it. It's Jesus Christ. Amen. And so You tell these things that our Bible tells us to the world around us, and it seems evil. And so Joshua, he's like, hey, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, fine. Don't do it. But choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, because you will serve somebody. Well, not me. No, yes, you will. some of you are serving yourselves. Some of you are serving, you know, your money. Some of you are serving all sorts of things. And hopefully most of us are serving the Lord. But, hey, you will serve something or someone. And Joshua said, is it going to be the gods which your father served on the other side of the river? Or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell now? But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen? And that's what our focus is, is on serving God. The Lord, And so what I'm going to talk about today is this. The, the title is setting the culture of your home, setting the culture of your home. And I'm going to have to explain this a little bit because it's kind of, you know, may seems like you don't understand it. But every household, every family has a culture, whether you know it or not. And, 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 and what I'm talking about is this. This will be on your screen. Here. But what is culture? Culture means the combination of your family's habits, traditions, purpose, values, beliefs, and choices. And so every family has something different and unique about them. And that's a really good thing. Amen. I, I, I look across the congregation. I, some of you are kind of sports families. That's kind of your thing. Some of you are, or maybe you're real into music or, or whatever. Some of you are really into education and that these are all great things. All of you are really into serving the Lord. Am I right? Yeah. Okay, very good. And and so, you know, some are, you know, into uh, maybe like computers and tech. That's all good stuff. Nothing wrong with any of that. But there is a, a culture and an environment that we create within our households and, and we have traditions and, and and i think this is a good thing and you know may, does anybody in here uh, what we'll show hands or, or maybe you wouldn't even you're brave enough to tell us is there a special tradition that your family has something that that you guys do that's unique to you my mom yes <laughs> do you want to say what it is Jesus, yes, amen, absolutely. Jesus is our culture and he's our tradition. And and I think of just different things that we do that's special to you and your family. I know, for, you know, we got little things, but, you know, every New Year's Day, we, we like to go to breakfast, and, and that may not seem like a big deal, but it's just something over the years that's become special that we do every New Year's Day. Every summer, we go to Sequoia National Park, and we sleep under the big trees, and, and, and it's a very special thing to us, and we, and we, uh, and you know, we get closer to God. It's awesome, but each family... You have unique things that are special to you. You should have that. And, of course, at the very core and essence of it all, Jesus has to be the foundation. And so if you're like, well, I don't know what our family culture is, you've got one. You've got, you've, you've got an environment that you've created for the house. You've got, you've got a, a style that your family is. You, you've got special traditions and things But what I'm talking about today is very intentionally setting the culture of your household. Because as we looked at last week, everybody wants to have a good and successful family, right? Do you want to be successful in life? Show of hands. Who wants to be a big loser if you no? (laughs) I timed that really bad. That's that's me. That's my bad. That's my bad. I timed you. I t- but in my defense, a lot of you raised your hands late, okay? So uh, uh, if, if you want to be successful and you want to be awesome, raise your hand. <laughs> There's some of you that, okay, oh, whatever, you know. If you want to be a big, fat loser, uh, raise your hand. Yeah. Oh, okay, we got one. We got one. All right. I can help you with that. I can help you, Rebel. I got this, okay? So... That's his name. I wasn't calling him a name. That's actually his name. Right. So anyway, so praise God. Um, But if you are going to be successful in anything in life, I have found out that it doesn't just happen by coincidence and accident. You're going to have to be very intentional and focused about it. And I'll admit, hey, going into parenting, I knew a lot about parenting before I became a parent. And then it became apparent to me that I knew nothing at all. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. No one told me that this was like it's so hard. And 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 so uh, I have learned, though, the further we get into this thing, that you have to be intentional. It's on purpose. The parents that raise really good kids, it's not because they just got lucky and they just happened to, you know, wow, what a coincidence. They've raised five kids. Awesome kids. I mean, what a coincidence. What are the chances of that? The chances are zero if you don't put any effort in. But if you're being focused and intentional about it, you can have an incredible family. Your home can be heaven on earth, it can be a fortress and a refuge from the crazy world around us if. You're intentional about it. And so today I'm going to talk about setting the culture of your home. And the first thing I'm going to say is this. Number one, what is the mood of your house? What is the... I'm hearing groans and grunts. I'm hearing all sorts of sound effects out here. Wow. What is the mood of the house? Now, we all have some days that are a bit more of a struggle than others. I mean, even, you know, the best person here... You've got some days where, hey, little trial and tribulation comes your way. I don't deny that. And, and, of course, we're very positive people around here. We speak words of faith. We believe for the best. And, and we want every day to be an awesome day. And most days, I'll just be honest, are fabulous days in my life. But there are occasional days where, like, hey, can we hit reset? Can we do this over? This is not going how I want it to go. But if the overall feeling of, uh, uh, of the house, okay, we all have those days, but if the general overall feeling of the home is that, okay, mom and dad will explode. Just, 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 uh, uh, just, just don't do that. Just, uh, if, if everybody's tense and on edge because we don't know when dad's going to blow up, we've set a pretty unhealthy mood and culture for the home. And I'll, I'll explain this more later. But, but we've all probably all been in a house where there's a lot of tension, right? And it's not just a one-day or a one-week thing. Just the overall uh, uh, environment and culture of the household is tense and anxiety and really fear over what's going to happen next. And that's not God's will for your home. He wants you to have the joy of the Lord in that house. He wants the peace of God to be in your home. Well, that ain't possible. Oh, it's possible, brother. It's possible, sister, if we're intentional about it. It doesn't just happen by coincidence. No, but when you intentionally lay the right foundation, your house can be like that. Because I've been in houses where there's just tension pretty much no matter what. And I've also been in houses where there is... There's laughter. There's there's just love in the environment. And why is that? Because they've intentionally, purposely decided to make the house that way. And again, I, I stress, I've got four kids. I get it, man. Not every day y'all get along, do you? <laughs> Not every day. And, and you know, I, I'm just like, how is it that hard? The dirty clothes baskets right here, they'll literally take their stuff off and set it on the floor right beside it. I'm like, two more inches. You got this. Two more inches, and you, you can do this. It is not that hard. I'm a giant believer in disposable dishes. I'm like, let's just make this easy. Throw it in the trash can for Pete's sake. It's not hard. Sorry, I'm being too transparent again. I'm, uh, it's my bad. You didn't come to hear my problems. You came to get help. So anyway, you didn't come for that. You didn't come for that. Let's look at Colossians 3.13. We better go to the Bible before I just get... Yes, amen, amen. amen. All right. Colossians 3.13. Now, here's a good environment for your home. Let's get there. Colossians 3 and verse 13. But I'm going to tell you how you respond to pressure and stress is how your kids will learn to deal with it too. I'm going to say that again. How you respond to pressure and stress is is how your kids will learn to deal with it, too. If you're, I'm going to, here, let's just put it in a 2022 language. If every time you get upset at somebody, you go to social media to put them on blast. First of all, I will avoid you at all costs because I don't want to end up on your duty list. <laughs> I don't want to end up on that. But at the same time, that's how your kids will think, oh, okay, uh, you've got beef with someone. You just put it on the Internet. That's how you handle that that's not how you handle that how you handle it is you go to the brother individually right <laughs> yeah you you you, ha- you handle you pray for them but you don't blast them on the internet but what but overall what I'm saying is this is how you handle and deal with stress and conflict and 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 well you know whatever pressure that's how your kids learn how to deal with it too, or your grandkids or, you know, whoever's watching you. Colossians 3, 13, check it out. It says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Why? Well, remember the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. Now, what says right there that you make allowance for each other's faults. And I think that's a very healthy way to handle your household. Now, does that mean we have no standards and that anything goes around here? No, no. We've got standards. We've got absolute things that we don't tolerate. We've got absolute, no non-negotiable standards in the house. But we also make allowance for each other's faults because we realize none of us are perfect, right? Sometimes even your, your child is just having a rough day. And yes, we have standards. We hold them accountable, no doubt about it. But we don't have to blow up their whole world. We can work through this. And we can maybe find out, she doesn't normally act like that. There's got to be something going on right now. What's going on, right? Let's get to the root of this. But you make allowance for each other's faults. You forgive anyone who offends you because the Lord forgave you. When you've got a bad, cruddy day, do you want the Lord to just blow the whole thing up on you? No, man, you want forgiveness. You want grace. You want him to make allowance for your faults. And I don't have this on the screen, but I saw a a meme online that just, it really hit the nail on the head. Religion says, I messed up. My dad's going to kill me. But the gospel says, I messed up. I need to call my dad. Religion says, I messed up. Oh, God, he's... I'm so afraid my dad's going to kill me if he finds out. Well, God already knows. But the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you've got the grace of God in your heart, you say, I messed up. I know it. I'm not defending it, but I need to get a hold of my dad right now. He's the only one I can turn to. Now, what environment, what culture are we creating in our house? Is it where if the kids mess up, they try to hide it from you as best as they can. Oh, God, they're going to kill me. Oh, my gosh. Or are they saying, you know what, I messed up. I know there's going to be a price to pay, but I've got to tell Dad. I've got to tell Mom. I've got to let them know because I need them right now. What culture, what environment are we creating in our house? Does your house have a culture of grace and forgiveness or a culture of stress and fear? And what I want to really highlight here is if we're teaching our kids to obey us, and to obey God simply out of the, uh, 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 being afraid of punishment, it won't last. If the only reason you obey God is because you're afraid he's going to come down on you and punish you, you'll obey for a while, but eventually you'll stop obeying. But if you obey God because you love him so much, and as the Bible tells us, I've got probably hundreds of verses highlighted on this, but if you obey God because you fear him, That's not being afraid. That's respecting and honoring him more than anything in this world. If you obey God out of a fear and a love and an honor for God, that'll stick with you all the days of your life because you just love him so much. But if you only obey because you're afraid of being punished or because, well, hey, they're going to reward me in the end. So, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll take out the trash. There's a $5 bill. Mr. Lincoln's calling my name. Come on. Listen. Listen. Hey, it'll work for a while, but eventually that ain't good enough reason. But if we're teaching our kids, if we're, if we're creating an environment and a culture of, no, the reason that we don't hit somebody is because it's wrong and we love God. And we want to honor Him and we want to respect Him. But why is it? Because some people, they may be obedient, but it's for all the wrong reasons. Isaiah said it this way. He said, if you are willing and obedient You'll eat the good of the land. Some people are obedient, but willing has to do with your attitude. Do you have a bad attitude and a bad heart about it? I took out the trash, now leave me alone, Mom. Geez, wow, that ain't going to work. Listen, if we're willing and obedient, if we are creating the right culture and environment, we obey because it's the right thing to do, first of all, and because we love each other and we love God enough to do things His way. That will stick all the days of our lives. But the reason I put this down, the, the reason I don't rob banks and I don't rob people isn't because I'm afraid of getting caught. Because I'm really good. I'm sly. You guys don't know that. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'd, get, I'd be the first guy to get caught, man. They'd catch me in the thinking stages. But, but check it out. No, 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 no. No, the reason I don't rob people isn't because I'm afraid of getting caught. I don't do it because it's wrong and the Bible says not to. And I love God and I don't want to hurt him. And so when we establish an honor for God and a love for each other in the home, it changes the mood and establishes the right culture. We obey for the right reasons, not the wrong ones. And so, I'm going to say that again, that when we establish honor for God and love for each other, it'll change the entire culture of the home. Let me show you something here. Psalm 128. Can we go there? Psalm 128. Yeah. Amen. Are we having a good time today? Yeah. you still glad you came? Yeah. All right. Psalm 128, verses 1 through 4, Psalm 128. Verses 1 through 4. And uh, man, this is, my dad, I remember him reading this one to us as we were little kids. Psalm 128. And there's some awesome, I mean, this is an awesome example of what a godly family can look like, what a godly Christian home can look like. Check it out. Psalm 128, verse 1, I'm in the New Living Translation. It says, how joyful are those who fear the Lord. All who follow His ways. Check it out. If you want joy, get the fear of God in your life. And it brings the joy of the Lord into your life. And so, what's it say next? You will enjoy the fruit of your labor. How joyful and prosperous you will be. This is talking about someone that fears the Lord. Verse 3. Your wife will be like a fruitful grapevine flourishing within your home. Your children will be like vigorous young olive trees... As they sit around your table. That is the Lord's blessing for those who fear Him. Now, this says, hey, your wife's going to be happy. You're going to be joyful. Your children are going to surround that dinner table. They're eating those tacos and rice and beans. Come on, somebody. With the joy of the Lord. Like vigorous young olive trees. This is, I mean, I... I can just picture myself in this Christian home right now, and I can just, I sense the culture, I sense the presence of God, I sense the joy and the strength and the unity that's in this home, and it all came back to, in the beginning, verse 1 there, hey, dad established the culture because he's joyful because he fears the Lord. He's created a household of honor for God, and it affected his wife, and it affected his kids, and it affected his dinner, amen? And so, listen to me, this is what God wants for you. This looks like a healthy family. My family don't look like that, I'll tell you that right now, man. Well, do you fear God? Are you laying the right foundation? Are you intentionally and on purpose creating the culture and environment that that household needs to be, all right? Number two this morning, let's go to number two. Number two, what do you value? What do you value? What's important to you? What do you make a priority in your own personal life? And I'm going to say that everything we're talking about today, you know, whether you have a house full of a bunch of kids or no kids or, or whatever your life situation is, you are creating the, and cult- the culture and environment that you're going to surround yourself with and in, and in your life anyway, in your own home. But what do you value? Well, one way you can tell what you value is by what you talk about. What you talk about. Look at Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. Matthew 12, verse 34. One way we can tell what you value is what you talk about. You will talk about what is on your heart. And if you don't believe me, you don't take my word for it, you can take Jesus' word for it. Matthew 12, and we're gonna look here at verse 34. And Jesus put it perfectly right here. Matthew 12 and verse 34. Brood of vipers. Whoa, whoa, Jesus. (laughs) Wow. Now, now Jesus was love and compassion and grace and mercy. He was also pretty straightforward sometimes. And so, anyway, brood of vipers. How can you, being evil, speak good things? Well, look at this, this line right here. Check it out. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And the New Living Translation says, whatever's in your heart determines what you say. And so if something's on your heart, it's going to come out of your mouth. And so, I, you know, it's, it's real easy to find out. If, if the Bible is on your heart, you're going you're gonna, to at least some of the time talk about Bible verses, aren't you? Hey man, you know what I was reading this morning? I was reading John 3.16 and it just really it's going to come out of your heart. If sports are on your heart you're going to talk about sports. You will always find a way to work sports into the conversation. I found this. you will be talking about the weather and something and and like, man isn't it a great day? Yeah, it's a great day for football. (laughs) It's a great day for fishing. And yeah, there's nothing wrong with those things. That's fantastic. But Make no mistake about it. Whatever is on your heart will eventually start coming out of your mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you value the things of God, that's what you're going to talk about. And this starts setting the culture for your home. And I know that in 2011 and 12, that's when I really had a very earth shaking experience for me with the Lord. And, you know, of course, I've served the Lord, you know, pretty much all my life. But. 2011 and 12, I had my world turned upside down and shaken, and I needed it real bad. But I recall in that time frame, after after that period, man, I just, I didn't even, it wasn't, I, I just all the time uh, just start saying, hallelujah, praise God, glory to God. You know, something bad would happen, like, you know what, praise God. The Lord's good, and his mercy endures forever. And one day, I'm just like, man, I've really been saying that a lot lately. Why? And then it hit me, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When I had negativity all over my heart, something bad happened. I'm like, oh, man, what's next? Wouldn't you know it just to know, oh, my goodness. Ah. And, and, and that's what would come out. But the more and more that I let Jesus have full access to my heart, something bad happened. I'm like, oh, you know what? Glory to God. We're going to make it through this anyway. No big deal. And those things start coming out of your mouth. Because your words will set the culture of your home. So is your family a family that praises God, or are you sit around and complain about the president all the time? Don't don't raise your hand. We know who you are anyway. We've got you on Facebook. Now check it out. Listen, <laughs> it's a joke. That's a little joke. It's a little joke. It was a joke. It was a joke. Stop. Stop it. But what is it? What culture is it that you have set? For your home, do you praise God or do you complain all the time? Are you negative and nasty or are you positive? And so, one way to tell what you know what you value is by uh, what you talk about. Another way is by how you spend your money. Now, you don't talk about that, Pastor. That ain't that is off limits. I hey, when I gave my life to Jesus, I said you got full access. If you want to mess with my money, Jesus, you can mess with my money. But check it out. Another thing that Jesus said is in Matthew 6, verse 21. I'm just saying, you don't take my word for it. You take Jesus' word for it. Amen? Matthew 6, verse 21. What a day. (laughs) Now, I get it that I'm the pastor, but sometimes y'all are weird, okay? (laughs) The weirdest bunch of people, but the best. I love you so much. I wouldn't have it any other way. See, that's the culture at High Desert Word Center. We we fully know we're weird, but we're very happy. And we like it that way. So we're good with it. We are just straight weird, but we like it that way. So Matthew 6 and verse 21, you know, we whistle at Bible verses. It's cool. Matthew 6, verse 21. Praise the Lord. (laughs) For wherever your treasure is... There your heart will be also. Wherever your treasure, whatever your resources, wherever your finances, where and, and so, yeah, I spend money on things that are important to me. You know, I want, my, I like my kids to play sports, so I sign them up, and I pay a lot of money, it seems like. It seems like more every year for the basketball league and, the, and you know, soccer, and I had to buy these cleats and shin guards, and, and I love it. It's awesome. It's great. And so... I value that. I treasure that. It's a treasure to me. Praise the Lord. Maybe that was a bad example. But, but there's things that we value, and so we don't have any trouble spending money on that. And, and I like one time Billy Graham said, hey, show me a man's checkbook, and I'll tell you what really matters to him. I'm like, that's, that's good. I, I, you know, I appreciate that. That's a good statement. And so if all your money, you know, e- extra money goes to, you know, sports equipment and games and, hey, Nothing wrong with that. You can do that, man. That's not a sin. But that is, obviously, that's important to you. And that's a priority to you, right? If all your extra, you know, excess money goes to, you know, vacationing and stuff, nothing wrong with that. But that's what you value. And I'll also say this. You know, if, if you tithe and, and, and give to the Lord what belongs to him, then praise God. Obviously, you place some sort of value on the things of God. And on getting the gospel out you place some sort of value on it what you treasure is where your heart will be also and so where you put those resources that's a good sign of what you value in your home another way is by where you spend your time how do you spend your time you know and and so again this is what we teach our kids but what do you spend your time on and do you value a clean home then you're going to spend a lot of time on that and that's fine hey Cleanliness is next to godliness. It's in the good book. <laughs> I was just te- I was teasing. That's not in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. I just wanted to make my mom mad. So, That's a toxic culture for your home also. Don't be like that. Don't try to make your mom mad when you're in your 30s. That's not healthy. But at the same time. But, hey, if you value a clean home you're going to spend time on it that's really good and 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 and, and you're going to teach your kids that i was over at tim's house the other day i'm like that's about the cleanest house i've ever been in i said, like that place was clean like my gosh how do you have kids in there it's it was immaculate never seen anything like it but if you value a clean home you're going to put time in that do you value education that's a good thing you should be educated you're going to put time on that Do you value church and the things of God? Then you're going to spend some time over here with all of us, right? Because you value it and you're creating the culture for your kids. You know what? It is important that we study hard. It is important that we try hard at school. It is important that we go to church. It is important that we make time to be around other Christian people. They're going to catch on to your value system. Now, another way to tell what you value is by what you don't give time to. By what you don't give any time to. You know, if you don't ever give time for working out, then don't say you value fitness. I don't ever work out. I don't really value fitness. <laughs> Never. I mean, it's a good thing, you know, but it, but it just hasn't been on the top of my priority list. Yeah, but now the same. So I don't go around telling everybody that I value fitness. That'd be a lie because I don't. My 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 actions don't line up with that. But if you don't ever give time to reading the Bible and making that a priority, don't say that you value God's word because you don't. You know, I mean. It's just the truth, you know. People, yes, brother, I know. Yes, his word is number one. His word, blah, 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 blah. and they use a religious voice, you know, and 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 that's cool. And you got the right words, but you don't have the actions to back it. It's not my business. But just don't lie if you if you don't value it. Just say that. I mean, I know it's important, but I, I just don't value it that much, so I don't ever read it. You know, at least you're being honest now. But if you value it. You'll make time for it because you always have time for what's important to you. You, I've found that out. If something's important, I will find a way to make the time for it. I'll find a way to make it happen if it's really that important. And if God's word and his house are important, you'll always make a way for it. All right? And so I've got a picture on the screen here, actually. Uh, blah, 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 There it is. Okay. And so what this is, I was going to bring the whole thing. This is a picture on the wall at my house. And I'd like to take credit, but I can't. My wife, uh, she, she, she printed this out and it's a big giant poster that she put on the wall. And I got to say that she's a better parent than I am. I'm just going to be flat about that. She's so much better at parenting than me. And, and she's been very intentional since the beginning. And so she wrote up some of our family values and got it printed on this giant poster and put it on the wall. But it's hard to see from out. I was going to bring the whole picture, but she said I couldn't because it was going to tear something off the wall. So I left it at home. But at the same time, it says how we roll. We're spiritually strong. That's the biggest foundation. Then there's some Bible verses you can't see down there. We're committed to love. And then there's some verses. Appreciation. We appreciate and we value each other. If you did good, we're going to tell you, hey, you did really good on that spelling test. I appreciate that you studied for it. Uh, Communication. We want to communicate with each other. And time together. This is a a core value to our family. We want to make time for each other. And then teamwork. We're all on the same team here. Yeah, we get annoyed with each other. Yes, you stink, and yes, you haven't changed your clothes for a couple days. But at the same time, we're on the same team, and we value each other, and this is how we roll. And so anyway, that's something that she put on our wall, and I I value that. And so this is setting the culture for your household. And the third thing I'm going to say today is this. How do you set the culture? How do you establish the environment? What do you not tolerate? What will you flat out not tolerate as a person, as a family? You as an individual need to have some non-negotiable standards. There are some things that I won't do for money, right? (laughs) you got to have